0: Welcome back for another episode of the Joy in Infertility Podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Porter, and my hope is that you will join me on this road of finding joy even in infertility. Okay, y'all, today you are in for a treat. I'm chatting with my new friend, Macy White, about hope, surrender, and purpose. Y'all are going to want to grab your tissues. You are going to need them for today's episode.
1: Because some days are really, really good. Like I can stay distracted. I can feel... Um, filled up by my creator, and I can know that he is working, and I believe that he is working. And there are other days that I still am wrapped up in my creator, and I know that he is working, but I am weak, and I need to be reminded that it's okay to be weak. Like, it's okay to be in the middle of this season and not be able to do anything, and that my job is to rest and let him work
0: I told you guys Macy's story is no doubt a tearjerker. Not only are they facing infertility, but they've also gone through the loss of her husband's mom and a miscarriage. But the hope that Macy has and her love for Jesus is so contagious, and I can't wait for you guys to hear the rest of her story. So here we go. Hey Macy, welcome to the podcast. Hello. How are you? Good. I'm so glad to have you on. Your name has been dropped in my lap a lot since we started this podcast. Um, everybody, Everybody just says, you have to talk to Macy. You have to talk to Macy. So
1: tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah. So my name is Macy White and I am born and raised to Edmond, Oklahoma. And Jacob, my husband, is a pastor at Live Church, and we are at the Oklahoma City campus,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it is incredible. We love it, um, but I am also a pastor wife, but as well as an interior designer. Um, yes. I absolutely love my job. It's so fun. Um, graduated from Oklahoma Christian with a degree and has just haven't looked back. It's just so much fun. I love my clients. It's fantastic. It's so much fun. But yeah, we live in Oklahoma City. Um, and we have two golden doodles. Oh my goodness. They're,
0: That's they're, a lot of dog.
1: It is a lot of dog. They're not like the you know 80-pound ones. They're I say only 45 pounds. But that's still right. a lot. But we love them. We love them. They're su- sweet, precious little monsters of joy that we enjoy in our house. Um, but yeah, Jacob and I have been married for a little over four years and we dated for about five. Um, and yeah, he's my best friend. We have so much fun together. We have so much fun together, but yeah, that's me in a awesome. nutshell.
0: So tell us a little bit about you guys's fertility story so far.
1: Okay. Um, so We got married in 2014, in April, and we had the plan of like, okay, we're the five-year plan. It's going to take us a little while. We're just going to have fun. And very, very, about a year into it, well, six months into it, let's be real, um, we both were like, so about babies. (laughs) (laughs) And we were like, no, that's way too soon. Like, let's give us some more time. Let's enjoy each other. So we waited another six months. Um, And then the next six months came and Jacob was like, I, I want a family with you so bad. Like, I just feel like it's time for us to start trying. And so with, you know, blind excitedness, we just stepped into it of trying. And that was about October of 2015. Um, And we, you know, we were having fun. It was still in the fun stages. Like we weren't getting to the point where it was like, oh, hey, okay, let's make Mm -hmm. a baby, you know, like the stressful, this maybe isn't as fun as it used to be Face. We were still Mm very having a lot of fun, um, in October through the end of the year. And then, um, a big part of our story, um, includes, um, Jacob's mom. Um, she, in January of 2017, 2016, um, she got diagnosed with non-small cell neocarcinoma cancer. Um, Which is lung cancer. Um, And she was stage four. Um, And very early on, it became a heavy, heavy part of our journey, like as a family. Mm -hmm. And they originally told us we were only gonna have about six months with her. So we were down to Texas. My husband's from Texas. We won't hold that against him, but um, he definitely is
0: respect respect Texas
1: forever. <laughs> See Boomer sooner over here. But anyway, <laughs> um we were down to Texas as much as possible. Um just savoring every single moment that we could have with her. Um and in the midst of that still trying to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. We made a group decision, a family decision that we were not going to tell um his family that we were trying. Just we didn't want to put that on them. Um, they're very selfless people and we didn't want them to absorb any of that stress or, um, anything like that. And they were already praying for us and God knew what was going on. And so, um, we just, we wanted to keep that from them for a little while, um, out of protection of their hearts and stuff. So, um, we had a positive pregnancy test, um, the first, uh, week of May. And it was incredible. Um, It was the most exciting day ever. And pregnancy tests while you're trying to get pregnant are just not fun. Um, But whenever you see that positive, um, it's just, I mean, it's an incredible experience. Um, And Jacob and I cried a lot and we were super excited. And um, we made a decision at that time that we were just going to keep it between us. Um, that we were just going to be praying for our baby and, um, that whenever we were further along, that we would reach out to family and let them know what was going on. Um, well, May 16th, um, day before my birthday, um, I woke up about four o'clock in the morning and, um, I had miscarried and laid in bed for a few hours, didn't want to wake Jacob up and scare him with that information right out of you know rim sleep so (laughs) waited until he woke up and we laid in bed and cried together and prayed over each other and the situation and it was one of the most incredibly hard moments of our lives just like things we were so excited about and um it's just an interesting loss like it's a different type of loss. Um, And so in the middle of all of that, we told, you know, the first time calling people that like our community and our tribe, we only got to experience that pain with them. Like we didn't get to experience the joy of getting that positive pregnancy test and um, sharing that with them then. And so looking back, I very, very much wish we would have just had a just a little, a few people that were around us that were aware of what was going on that could pour truth into us. Cause we were just so empty, um, mm-hmm. in the middle of that loss. And Jacob made it really clear that he wanted to protect his mom and his dad from this. And so until we had good news, he didn't want to let them know what was going on. Um, which I 100% agreed with and supported, um, I am a feeler and so um, I very much wanted to like feel that with him and share that with him and um, but I understood what he meant and what he was Mm -hmm. trying to accomplish and I was on board with that. So um, we stepped into kind of like because of the loss and because my cycles were so jacked up. The doctors were like, we're going to go ahead and throw you into some um, fertility treatment processes. And I was like, okay, great. Um, So we went ahead and jumped in and we did Clomid um, for months and months and months and come to realize that um, my body had a lot more going on with it other than just like, we don't know what's going on. It's just not the right time. Um, They diagnosed me with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, and I have about 15 cysts inside of my ovary on the left side and about 20 on my right side off and on, like kind of gives and takes. Um, but, um, that makes my hormones really jacked up, which makes my cycles really jacked up, which makes my body just really weirded out by trying to get pregnant. Like, what, what is this thing that I'm supposed to be doing? Um, and they also diagnosed me with early signs of endo, um, endometriosis. So mm-hmm. all the things that you look at in the real, in the world, and you're like, that's a brick wall, like that is impossible for us to cross. And, um, when doctors are telling you like shrugging their shoulders, like, I don't know what to do. Um, it's a, it's just hard to like, keep that positive mentality that God's got this. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so again, we were doing Clomid for a few months. We decided to go to the OU fertility clinic in October of 2016. Um, and we did multiple rounds of IUI. Um, and it was a really hopeful phase for us. Like we had hope that this was going to be it, that this was going to be the time. Um, that God was going to use of medicine, and this was going to be incredible, and that we were, you know, stepping out. We've had people step in and tell us that God was telling them to give us money to be able to pay for that because, you know, fertility treatment is so yeah. not cheap.
0: It just reconfirms like God's right. making a way. This right. is going to happen
1: exactly. And so the first time they kind of told us, like, probability of first time getting pregnant on IUI is really low. So we we kind of knew we were going to be on to next, the next one. Um, and so, but when round two happened and it didn't work, it was, it was very devastating. Um, my, the doctors were pretty much like your body is getting worse and we have more and more larger cysts that we're having to work with. And, um, we're worried that, you know, this is going to be a huge block, but your next step could be IVF. And, um, we just kind of were like, okay, we're going to just take some time and like, really pray about what we need to do and not just throw money at the situation to try to fix it. And not that doing more IUIs or doing an IVF would have been throwing money at it. We just felt called to rest. Mm -hmm. Um, and we very quickly, the Lord started revealing to me, um, just a new definition of the word hope. Um, I had multiple people like, my husband is in front of our church has thousands and thousands and thousands of people there every weekend. Praise God. Um, and he told our story a lot from stage. And, um, so I had a lot of people coming up, praying and telling me, you know, words that God was laying on their hearts to share with me and, um, filling me up with his truths. And it was, is just been incredible, like to have that community, um, but at the same time, people kept on using the verbiage like, man, I have hope that it's going to happen. I have hope mm-hmm. that that this is the month or they were just using the word hope in a way that all of a sudden started flaring up to me. Like, um, does that make sense? Like in a way, mm-hmm. the the word hope started being dropped in like normal. Like I used to use that word. Um, but now it just meant something so, so different. Um mm-hmm. And very quickly, God started revealing to me that my hope does not belong in the outcome that I desire. Um, my hope belongs in my creator. Mm-hmm. And clearly, I am like still in the middle of this. So if I start crying, I really apologize. <laughs> I like tried to prep myself going into this like, no, Macy, you don't have to cry. But I totally am going to cry. But I'm going to try really hard not to the whole entire time. Um, no, no, let that go. <laughs> <laughs> let that go. This is oh. supposed
0: to be about being real and all of us are crying all the time, so it's okay.
1: <laughs> yes, but I would like for you to be able to understand me and I'm not a pretty friend. So um, so just if that makes sense, like hope for me turned into mm-hmm. so much more about what God has created for me and what he has paved a perfect way for, not that I'm going to get pregnant. My hope, my hope has a name and it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, since then we, um, we tried naturally for a few more months, um, and Jacob's mom was getting progressively worse. Um, and so, um, Jacob decided that, um, it was time to let them know what we had been going through. How
0: did that with your husband, with Jacob, how did, how did that play a role with his mom, not knowing how many days she had left? and wanting to give her this news of like I, you know we're going to have a grand, your grandchild
1: mm-hmm. how did
0: that how did
1: that play on him um it was really heavy um it, he's very he was very very protective of his mom um he wanted to going through cancer with someone there's pretty much nothing that you have control over right Um, Mm -hmm. but what he felt like he did have control over was being able to protect her emotions with bringing in something that's not important at the moment. Like us having joy with her was the most important thing in the moment. So when he came to me and decided that he wanted to tell them, um, I knew it was a really big deal. Um, I also understood that he was on the same page that we didn't have a lot of time left with her. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had been praying so, so hard that we would be able to, she may not be here to hold our babies, um, but we wanted her to be able to experience the joy when we told her that we were going to have them. Mm -hmm. Um, Because she was so excited about us having babies. Like, she had no idea what all was going on, but she would consistently be like, so... Do you have any news to tell me? You know, like, and it was, it was in a way, some, some weekends were really hard to be able to be like, it's, you know, God's timing, like it'll happen when it's supposed to, um, to the weekends that led up to, um, like we went to go see them in Texas, um, two weeks after the miscarriage. Oh, wow. And it was incredibly hard to not sit and talk with her about all of that. Um, but um, whenever he was ready to tell her, um, and his dad, um, we sat down with them, and told him everything that had been going on, and um they 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 aren't crying people, like that's not really a thing. Like, um, like my family, all of us cry. We cry <laughs> all the time at everything. Jacob's family, on the other hand, they're just very um strong people. Um, and they were like, okay. So what does all that mean? Like where, cause we've been wrapped up in it for years. Like the information and the words and the jargon that you use with infertility, most people are like, I'm sorry, are you what?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, once we told them everything, it was really beautiful to see, um, just what God did through that. Like her and I got to have, um, so no one else in my family has ever experienced infertility. i sorry. Um, but Jacob's mom couldn't have kids. So she herself experienced infertility. Um, and when her and I got to sit down and actually communicate about it, it was like I had been speaking a language that no one else understood until I talked to her. Um, you know, she didn't have perfect, eloquent, beautiful things to say because, you know, it's just, there is no perfect words. Um, but the wisdom that she brought to me was just so perfectly simple and she would just hold me and just say, Mace, she called me Macy Lou. She said, Macy Lou, your babies are going to happen. But you've got to just rest in Him, mm. and it was something that I have held on to since she's passed away. Um, that a massive part of infertility is rest. Like we, we do not have control. Like there is the world wants to tell us that we do. That if we just do one more thing, if we if we just eat right, if we. Just work out one more day a week. Um, If we run that one more mile, if we don't eat that cupcake, um, it's the world wants you to think that there's just one more thing that's left for you to accomplish. And yes, we may have action steps um, that we need to do to step into that, but God's mighty hand is what makes this happen. It has nothing to do with what we're doing, because I can, I'm doing the same thing that the girl next to me is doing. And she's got, she's got five babies, right? Mm -hmm. Like, but that's her lane. That's her journey. That's where God has called her. Mm -hmm. And she has her own, she's got her own mountains to climb. And this one is mine. And so like, one of the other things that she really gave to me was just, I felt like I was like I said, speaking in a language that no one else has understood until I talked to her, but just the feeling of not being alone. Um, and that it was okay for me to feel whatever I needed to feel like in that moment. Uh, cause some days are really, really good. Like I can stay distracted. I can feel, um, filled up by my creator and I can know that He is working and I believe that he is working. And there are other days that I still am wrapped up in my creator and I know that he is working, but I am weak. And I need to be reminded that it's okay to be weak. Like it's okay to be in the middle of this season and not be able to do anything. And that my job is to rest and let him work. And, you know, I there's so many scripture that I would read and it was like, I have read this a million times, but like this time in this moment, it's like, it's like, I read it for the very first time. Like, um, I have a few of them written down just because I wanted to share them with you guys. I Mm -hmm. do not have a lot of scripture memorized. You guys should totally do that. And so should I, but (laughs) here are the ones that I have on my heart lately. Um, be strong and courageous. All who all you who put your hope in the Lord, it's just also um, strengthening my definition of hope. And I pray that over the over the girls listening to like, your hope isn't in having a baby. Um, your hope lies in Jesus, and that is tremendous. Like once my heart clicked with that information, it was like I I spun into a whole new like level of strength that I knew that I could do this. Um, another one, you are my refuge and my shield, and I put my hope in your word, um, pouring into myself with scripture and truth, um, surrounding myself with women that also speak my language, Mm -hmm. um, that are also going to remind me of God's promises. Um, that right there is putting my hope in his word, not in the outcome. Um, so there's just a few things, but um, man, I, Jacob and I are now currently just still, still at it. Still trying naturally. Um, mm-hmm. We're probably going to give us probably till the end of the year and then um, see what God has in store for next steps as such, if that needs to be, adoption um because you know we've jacob and i have always really wanted to adopt jacob was adopted and so was his brother um mm-hmm. and so we have always gotten really excited about adoption um but stepping into the infertility people eat i mean you guys know people say the darndest things whenever <laughs> they don't understand <laughs> and so they're like well you can always adopt and right. which is great i totally agree yeah which is um, part of
0: our plan actually from the beginning, yes,
1: <laughs> right. Um, but then my conversation with God later was like, "Okay, I told you that, but I didn't know that it would be my only option."
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like,
1: like I want to step into adoption, excited and joy filled and faith filled, not out of, um, not filled with resentment,
0: and and not looking at it like a last resort because it's not right. Exactly, it's, it's been
1: a part of your heart from the beginning,
0: but you don't want this exactly. child or people around you to think, well, you know, they couldn't have kids. So they did Mm -hmm. this. No, it's, that's not what it's about.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. That's what I was going
0: to ask. Like how, I know you guys are, you know, trying naturally and that's kind of what the season that we're into. How often do you guys go back and
1: reevaluate that? Um, probably every couple months, I would probably say, um, we try to do it in spurts. I mean, it's been a little over three years now that we've been trying. So, it's you—you you have to give yourself a break, mm-hmm. like for your own intimacy and also for your own sanity. Like, it's you can't—you can't look at your month and get excited about you know trips you're going to go on, but also think, okay, but yeah. this is the day. This, right. these are the week. This, you know, whatever um, that we. It's important to be aware, naturally, but we don't want it to become all-consuming. Um, yeah. To where we don't focus on each other and what God has around us right now. Because one of our biggest prayers that we have prayed is that God just keep us present, um, keep us in our family's lives, than what they're going through right now. Right. That we have each other right now, and that the moment that we do get pregnant you know, our lives are forever changed. So, um, yeah, I would say probably every couple of months just so we don't yeah. lose our minds.
0: Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. And it's hard. Sometimes I feel like the rest is hard sometimes because mm-hmm. it's like, well, I'm not doing any, like people ask, well, what are you doing? What's the latest? Mm-hmm. And well, we're on kind of a break that doesn't change our desire at all. It's just, right. it's, it's kind of a, it's a requirement right now for us to, Mm -hmm. to take a break. Um, Yeah, for sure.
1: And it's important. Rest is huge. Like Mm -hmm. you've got to refuel yourself. There's no way that you can just keep going in, you know, gear five and not ever, and still get to a place where, you know, it's just, you have to have to refill, you have Mm -hmm. to rest. I totally get it.
0: So you shared with your Mm mother-in-law back, in what we probably told her um
1: yeah 2017. And since yeah. then she's passed on. Yeah, so January of this year. Um it was exactly two years after her diagnosis. Um wow. she passed away. Um she man, she fought the good fight, that is for sure. And she is exactly where Jesus needs her. So mm. but um shoot, I'm gonna cry again. Um, one of the most beautiful things Um, after she passed away, we were back at the house. Um, Jacob and I were quiet and just kind of processing. And it just, God made it really clear um, to me that he was like, Mace, this is perfect. She's getting to be the first one to hold your baby. Mm -hmm. And when I told Jacob, it was like, exactly what we both needed to hear like it was very healing to know and very appropriate because she doesn't share her other grandkids like she wants to hold them all the time um as it was just so perfect that um she does get to experience that with us and she does get to be the first one to hold our baby so Mm -hmm. one day when we get to heaven and we get to see her would she let us know it's through the gates, and to the right is where she will be at. Um, <laughs> um, that she'll she'll definitely be holding our baby, and that's just brings me so much joy. I
0: think that's such a, a not only beautiful perspective, but the right perspective when we walk through miscarriage. It's so it's so devastating here, and no, you don't want to hear that in the moment. Like, well, your baby's in heaven, but there is a place where you can, you can, you can rest in that, that that was yep. a life and that life doesn't just vanquish that, yeah. that there is a day that you will get to meet that child. And yep. the Bible talks about that. You can look it up yes. um, with David and his child. And so, um, I just, I think that's such a, such a great perspective to remember
1: when you've walked through that. Well, I, I got to the point where. I remember sitting on the couch after our miscarriage and just in shock of like, okay, this is where we're at. This is reality. And I remember looking at Jacob, going, babe, I just I'm ready to be past this and using this for ministry. Like I'm ready for this to just be a tool on my tool belt. Um and he was like, Mesa can't be a tool without the pain.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We have to feel the pain. We have to go through it. We have to experience it to be able to get to a place where we can empathize with people that are feeling it and that are, you know, you just, and that's been kind of a resounding truth for me, like through all of this, like we were not put on this planet to have, you know, some of us for us to be able to just have babies when we're ready. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, okay, I'm ready to get married. Like, where's my perfect guy? Like some of us are put on this planet to just dig in and lean into our faith in a way that some other people don't have to in that capacity. Um, Mm -hmm. and I had to make a choice that I was going to live for him in this, Mm -hmm. that each day that I got up was a new day. His mercies are new every morning. And that verse didn't make a whole lot of sense to me until a lot of this, that it was like, okay, I need this every morning. I have to remind myself every single morning. And, you know, we God is so good and He has made a perfect way. He has gone before us. Um, and I believe with everything in me that... Um, all of this, I choose joy in the middle of it um, because it is a choice, and I choose to allow Him to use my story for His glory.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you have to, you have to choose it. Like it, the more you talk about it, the more you experience it, the more you're able to verbalize it. I think the stronger that you get, um, but understanding that. I feel like the more and older and older that I get, the more I realize that the hardships and the pain and the trials that I experience have less to do with me and more to do with his glory and being able to utilize me as a vessel in a new way. Mm-hmm. And all of that is a choice. It doesn't, you know, I I think it just comes down to saying yes to Jesus at the end of it.
0: Yeah. So you went from, you guys didn't share for a while with, Mm -hmm. you know, with family, um, even Mm -hmm. with friends. And then, I mean, you mentioned your, you know, your husband's now on stage sharing in front of thousands of people, your story. Right. Um, and you know, at least four people brought your name to my attention. So you're obviously very public about it now. Mm. Um, so what, how did that, was telling your mother-in-law kind of one of those, that breaking point?
1: Yeah, I think I realized that this this pain um, had a purpose, a divine purpose, and I feel like the older that I get, like I started realizing, like, oh my gosh, people have miscarriages all the time. Like all of a sudden, my friends and people around me, and all of a sudden, they were having miscarriages or they were verbalizing how much they were struggling with infertility, and was like, oh my word. I had no idea, like people really aren't very vocal about all of this. And I was like, if I would have had an outlet, like I said, not until I talked to my mother-in-law, did I really feel like I ever experienced community of like, she gets me. Like she understands that pain. She understands where I'm at in it. Um, And so it just, God was like, this isn't. This isn't about you. Like I, I need you to talk about it. I need you to tell people. I need you to share. Um, and I, I like my one. Of my most favorite things to do in this world is just to love people. And so, it was very easy for me to think of it in a sense that okay, this is for them. Like I need to know. I need them to know that this is happening to other people, and that God is still good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the world is going to tell us that we're broken and that we can't move, move on. And the enemy wants you to stay in your bed and not get out of bed in the morning. And God is saying, I've got this today is really hard, but I have got this and I need you to lean and lean into me and trust me. So I was like, okay, uh, Jacob, I'm going to post about this. <laughs> and he he laughed and he was like, okay, I've been waiting for you to say something about it. I was like, okay, great. Thank you for your wisdom. Um, so yeah, I started posting about it and, um, I, I mean, I do not by any means have a lot of followers on Instagram or anything like that, but, um, the floodgates opened of people that were just like, These words are something that I've needed to be heard or like, thank you for validating like that. It's okay for me to be feeling what I'm feeling right now. And like me and my husband have going through this for this many years, or I just had a miscarriage or we had, we've had multiple miscarriages and, um, it's just so incredible to see when you, when you say yes to God, your ministry can change and it can grow and, you know, I clearly am still in the middle of all of this and do not have all the right words, but Jesus does. And I i know that a massive part of my story and Jacob's story of going through this has nothing to do with us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We believe we will have babies one day, um, whether biologically or a ton of adopted babies or foster babies Um, that will for sure happen. You can definitely mark my words on that one, but um, that it just has nothing to do with us and everything to do with this world and bringing truth to it and peace and love. And it's just what are that's what we're called to do. Mm. Um, And we are excited that that is a part of it, that it honestly makes it easier Because if this pain was just for nothing and this situation was just for pain um, and not for purpose and divine purpose, then I would stay in bed all day, you know, like it gets me up out of bed and it, it just brings new life to every single day of me saying yes to it. So God is just so good. He's so good.
0: So what's, what's the biggest thing that he's teaching you right now?
1: Um probably surrender. Um, that word is so hard. Can I just say, um, <laughs> no, it's a piece of cake. right, right. Um, I feel like if you're 30 or 300, you still need to hear the lessons of surrender. Um, I think I am resting in God's perfect timing and understanding that, like I had a really, really close friend of mine um, Davina Bruss, tell me one time that the, cause they were aware of our infertility, um, and still are in, um, in a time that we weren't really telling many people. Um, and she, she told me one day that, you know, Mace, when do flowers bloom? She asked me a question and I said, uh, um, in the summertime, in the springtime, whenever it's sunny, whenever it's pretty weather. And she said, exactly. God has orchestrated the finer details of a flower of when it would be best to bloom um, at its perfect time. Um, Why would he not be focusing on when to bloom you? Mm. So I rested in that. And I think continuously reminding myself that Um, if and when the time comes for us to have babies, it's going to be exactly when it's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I believe that Jacob and I's babies will be world changers and they will be created in a specific time of this world that one day they will be having conversations with people that are going to change their lives for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, it wouldn't have happened unless they were born at a specific time. Mm-hmm. And am I excited to get them here as soon as possible? Yes. But if Jesus is like, no, Mace, I need a little bit more time. I need you, Jacob, to focus on each other. And I need a little bit more time. Then I'm down. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he ends up saying, I've got other babies for you. Other babies that aren't even born yet um, that they need to be loved on by you, then sign me up. I'm on board with that too. So surrendering my plan, um, and understanding that my plan is just my plan, but God's plan is glorious and his plan is perfect. And at the end of the day, I trust him. Um, uh, and it's not my job to make it all happen. Um, that's it. That's his job and he does a really great job at it, I think, too. Oh, man.
0: You can say all you want that you don't have the right words or the, whatever you want to think, but oh, all of that was gold. All Aww. of that was gold. All right, Macy, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your story still right in the middle of of the pain, um, but giving that pain a
1: purpose. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. You You are incredible and You are such a blessing by just having this and having the Lord put this on your heart to start this podcast is I'm just so excited to keep hearing about what God is doing through all of it.
0: When Macy and I were chatting before our interview, she asked me a question and I want to ask you that same question. Where does your hope lie? Does your hope solely lie in that one day you hope to get pregnant Or that one day you hope that the adoption will finally come through? Or, does your hope lie in Jesus? And no matter what comes your way, He is enough. We're going to end out today a little differently. I want you to take that question, where does your hope lie, and process that for just a moment while I share this song with you. It's from River Valley Worship, and we've been singing it lately at our church, and it is wrecking me in the best way. It's based around this idea of hope. If you can, find a quiet place and try to spend a few minutes listening to these words and ask the Lord to really reveal Himself to you in a new way for this season of your life.
3: Savior's cross has set the
0: enjoyed listening to this episode of the joint infertility podcast Isaiah 40 31 says this those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength they will soar on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary they will walk and not faint remember God is with you he sees your heart he loves you and he is good there will be beauty born from your journey have a great
3: day that's new